are Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Friday, January 29th, 2021. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at TalkinHockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. If you like what you're hearing today, then be sure to subscribe to the podcast for free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that's through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. You'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Also, please be sure to follow the Lockdown Blackhawks Twitter page at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, with some really good content being posted there every day as well. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning into today's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. And by the way, before I get into the show, I wanted to be sure to mention that sometimes when the Blackhawks are playing these games, you know, after an off day, I'm going to release the episode a little bit later in the afternoon so that... I can just get a better uh, a sense of who's going to be in the lineup. You know, I'm going to let the morning skate happen. Uh, just so, as I said, I can get a better sense of who's going to be in the lineup. And I'm, I'm not just taking a guess at who's going to be in there. So, uh, And I've received some pretty good feedback about this idea so far. So for those of you out there, I'm sure that there are some uh, that, that were wondering why on certain days the episode drops like five hours later than usual. Well, That happens for precisely the reasons I just explained, and that's what's happening here today as later on tonight at 7 p.m. Central Time, the Blackhawks are back at the United Center to take on the new Central Division rival Columbus Blue Jackets, and (laughs) let me tell you, there has been no shortness of storylines for that team so far in 2021. Everything that's happened with Pierre-Luc Dubois and John Tortorella... Uh, they make the trade with Winnipeg to acquire Patrick Laine and Jack Roslovic. It's been an interesting year already for the Jackets. But aside from all of their off-ice drama on the ice, they're actually in first place in this division at the moment. And I know Dallas has only played four games because of COVID. Tampa's only played five. Uh, but the Blue Jackets, they've been right there in every game they've played in so far. They split their last series with Tampa Bay. Uh, or before they split their second-to-last series with Tampa Bay. Their last series was against the Florida Panthers. They split that as well. And then the series before being down and playing those Florida teams, they split with the Detroit Red Wings as well. So they've been right there against every team in the division so far. They're now 3-2-3 on the season. So while this is a beatable team, I believe, definitely not someone to sleep on at the UC tonight because... If the Blue Jackets bring their A game, they'll walk out with two points tonight. There's no doubt in my mind. So the Hawks need to be ready to go, and they just need to be simply much better than they were in the last series against the Nashville Predators. I just felt like for most of that series, the Hawks were really on their heels, and they just couldn't get anything going in the offensive zone, which obviously resulted in a pair of overtime-slash-shootout losses. So now... Through eight games, the Blackhawks sport a 2-3-3 record, really should say 2-6, since technically they do have six losses and only two wins. But they are currently in the midst of a five-game point streak, so while things aren't going great so far, there is a, a bit of a light at the end of the tunnel, per se. It has been a better brand of hockey recently than at the start of the season, that's for sure, but 
still, the end result has not been two points very often. So it would be nice to see the Blackhawks, you know, take advantage being back at the United Center this weekend and come away with a pair of victories against the Columbus Blue Jackets. But before I get into a preview of tonight's contest, I wanted to be sure to mention the latest acquisition that the Blackhawks made on Thursday, which was signing 25-year-old defenseman Madison Bowie to a two-year, $725,000 contract. Bowie's, uh, as I said, uh, he's a defenseman, 25 years old, right-handed defenseman, a veteran of 154 career NHL games. He's recorded 39 points in those 154 games, five goals, 34 assists. And originally, you know, this move, it just looked a little random at the time. We know the Blackhawks really don't have a shortage of defensemen up at the NHL level or in their pipelines at the moment. So, as I said, it just looked a little random. I, I first saw it and I was like, why did we just go sign Madison Bowie? Um, but then, Cap Friendly, my good friend on Twitter, a great follow, by the way, great website to check out if you ever want to see the financials for any of the 31 NHL teams, go check out capfriendly.com. Anyway, Cap Friendly, they posted a tweet shortly after the Blackhawks signed Bowie, uh, Bowie explaining that uh, for the 2021 Seattle expansion draft, the Blackhawks only had defenseman Connor Murphy eligible. So by signing Bowie, they'll need to have him play in one more NHL game this season. But if that happens, then the Hawks will be able to expose Bowie in the expansion draft. So this was kind of a, a low-key behind-the-scenes signing here for the Blackhawks. And Bowie was immediately placed on waivers in order to be sent down to Rockford. And as expected, he cleared this morning. So it's not like Bowie is going to be a huge piece for the Blackhawks up at the NHL level or anything. He, he's now been officially signed assigned to the Ice Hogs. Uh, but we can expect to see him up at the NHL for a game or two at some point here in 2021, just so the Blackhawks are able to expose him for the Seattle expansion draft over the summer. All right, ladies and gentlemen, coming up in just a minute, I'm going to preview the Blackhawks lineup ahead of tonight's contest against the Columbus Blue Jackets. But first, I need to talk to you all about betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts, and use our promo code LOCKEDON, one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. The NFL playoffs are heading into the Super Bowl, college basketball is closing in on March Madness, NBA basketball is back, NHL hockey has returned, the sports world is absolute chaos right now, and there's only one place that has you covered for all your betting needs, and one place that we trust, and that's betonline.ag. You can also visit the Lockdown Podcast Network's exclusive partner on social media, at betonline underscore ag to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and don't forget to use our promo code LOCKEDON, one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's your online sportsbook experts. It's betonline.ag. Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Lockdown Today podcast. 
Peter Bukowski hosts Lockdown Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. So start your day with the sports news you need in under 20 minutes by subscribing to Lockdown Today wherever you may get your podcasts. All right, I just finished up discussing the Blackhawks signing defenseman Madison Bowie on Thursday. Moving on now, I wanted to be sure to talk about the lineup that head coach Jeremy Colleton is going to roll with tonight at home against the Columbus Blue Jackets. First, as expected, our boy Kevin Lankinen will be back in net tonight for his fifth start in the last six games, and man, has Lanky been good for us lately. He stopped 91 of the last 95 shots he's faced in, in the last three games, allowing just four goals total. And in his four starts this season, he's only allowed more than two goals on one occasion, and that was his NHL debut against the Florida Panthers, which, by the way, in my opinion, the Blackhawks' defense played horrendous in that contest. So really, that one wasn't even on Lankin, and he's, he's basically done everything he's been asked to so far and then some. And now he's up to a 931 save percentage on the season, along with a 2.18 goals against average. And I actually saw on Twitter um, one of the analytics accounts, I believe it's Jay Fresh, uh, posted some numbers on Twitter about just some some deeper goaltender analytic numbers. And, and I'm not someone who's a big fan of analytics for the most part in hockey. I think it's, I'm not going to say it's dumb, but I think it's dumb to only focus on those numbers. I think analytics can be important, but I think you got to look at the whole bigger picture. You can't just focus only on analytics and base base your opinions off players solely on those analytical numbers. But for goaltenders, I will say, I think those subliminals are a lot more important than they are for skaters. And for Lankinen, right now, looking at those some of his subliminal numbers and looking at his analytics, he's performing like one of the best netminders in the entire NHL early on here in 2021. I mean, he's up there with Andre Vasilevsky and John Gibson right now and expected save percentage and all that kind of junk. Um, and, and looking at Lankinen, his only two losses so far, they've come in the overtime, they've come in overtime to the Nashville Predators, or not the Nashville Predators. It came in overtime to the Florida Panthers. That was a one-timer from uh it was Frank Vetrano. Great pass by Barkov. Nothing that Lincoln could do in that one, and nothing he could really do on most of those goals in that contest. And then against Nashville, his other loss, he stops one out of or he stops 41 of 42 shots. He allows one goal in regulation, and then he gets beat one out of three times in the shootout. The Blackhawks just couldn't give him any help. So if the Blackhawks could actually, you know, provide some adequate services and help for Kevin Lankinen, he very well could be 4-0 to start his NHL career. So basically what I'm getting at is <laughs> I'm really happy to see Lanky back in net again tonight. And if our offense, I think if they can score four goals here against the Blue Jackets, I really think that that will be enough to come away with a victory here at the United Center. So while I am happy with the decision to run it back with Lankinen and that, Colleton also elected to go with the same lineup tonight as he did on Wednesday versus Nashville, meaning, yes, the Blackhawks will roll with 11 forwards and 7 defensemen for the second consecutive game. And ugh, This decision just, ugh, it makes me want to bash my brains in, ladies and gentlemen. Like, why? First off, this decision literally never works for the Blackhawks. It didn't work with Quenville. It hasn't worked with Colleton so far. Literally never. And it didn't work on Wednesday, Jeremy. Like, this is the part that's most frustrating to me. What part of Wednesday's game is Jeremy Colleton trying to replicate? Like, yeah, 
Sure, it resulted in a one-goal loss, and we came away with a point. But, like, what part of that are you trying to replicate? Are you trying to replicate the 42 shots on goal that we allowed? The part that we lost? The part where our offense only scored one goal? The part where we allowed 21 shots on goal in the third period alone? Like, seriously, what in the world is making this guy think that was a good enough effort? Making him think, oh, you know, that, that, that wasn't so bad. We're going to give these exact same guys the same look next game. No! This is a horrible decision. Listen, I try to give Colleton the benefit of the doubt, and I don't like to critique him very often because I really do believe there have just been a lot of outside factors and a lot of things that have tied into his first couple seasons here in Chicago where we really haven't been able to put a finger on how well of a coach he is yet. So I try not to be too hard on him, and I try to give him the benefit of the doubt. I don't want to judge him so early into his coaching career. And as I said, there's been a lot of things that have caused the outcomes that we've dealt with in the last couple of years. And I don't believe it's all Jeremy's fault. But moments like these, ugh, doggummit, moments like these make me wonder why the hell the Blackhawks gave this guy a contract extension before the season played out. Like, why in the world are we doing this again? I get, I get you want to give Nicholas Bodan a look. And ugh, he, did, he, he wanted to give Bodan a look on Wednesday, but he only played 9 minutes and 50 seconds. That, that doesn't even seem worth it to me. If you're going to play a kid, actually play him. Don't play him two and a half minutes for a period. That's, that's what's the most frustrating thing for me right now. So look, for the Blackhawks to just want to go, it's basically when, when they go with this 11 forwards look, it's basically the Patrick Kane show on offense. He's probably going to double shift with every forward group. He'll probably finish with somewhere around 28 minutes of ice time. And for me, in a year where we're, this is supposed to be about the youth movement, this is supposed to be about a rebuild, we're supposed to be letting the young players get their opportunities and gain some experience. And then you take a young guy like Matthew Highmore out of the lineup just so you can play Patrick Kane 30 minutes a game? That's just something that doesn't sit right for me at the, like, through this rebuilding process. So, Jeremy... You better hope the Blackhawks pull out a victory tonight, buddy, or else I'm sure you're going to get peppered with some questions over your questionable decision to dress only 11 forwards and seven defensemen once again tonight against the Columbus Blue Jackets. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there's my rant. Coming up in just a minute, I will talk about the Blackhawks' line combinations and defensive pairings and also my three keys to victory tonight over the Columbus Blue Jackets. But first... I need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Built Bar has a ton of awesome classic flavors like banana bread, toffee almond, German chocolate cake, orange, and they also have six new flavors, which are caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp, all of which, like the other 12 flavors, are covered in 100% real chocolate and are soft, easy to chew, and great for the keto diet. Not only are all the bars low calorie and low sugar, but they're also a great source for protein and fiber. So make sure to go to BuiltBar.com today and use the promo code LOCKDOWN in all caps to get 20% off your next order. Guys, Built Bar just sent me a sample pack with all 18 of their flavors. I got to try each one, and, and seriously, these are some of the best protein bars I've ever had in my life. Not only are they delicious and chocolatey, but they got so much protein, so much fiber, 
cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, those are seriously two of, I think, the best flavors of a protein bar I've ever had in my entire life. So one more time, be sure to check out BuiltBar.com for a delicious and healthy snack option. And use our promo code LOCKDOWN in all caps for 20% off your next Built Bar order. This is the Locked On Blackhawks podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. The NHL regular season is underway, and the best way to keep track of it all is by subscribing to Locked On NHL. Local experts each week bring you the biggest stories, game recaps, and fantasy advice all in one podcast. So be sure to subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you may listen to your podcasts. Okay, I just got done talking about Jeremy Colleton's decision to roll with 11 forwards and 7 defensemen for the second consecutive game tonight against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Now, before I wrap up today's episode, as always, I wanted to be sure to mention the Blackhawks' forward lines and defensive pairings for this contest. So as expected, well, I mean, first off, let me backtrack a second. The Blackhawks at the morning skate, they did announce that they're going with 11 forwards and 7 defensemen again. They did announce that Kevin Lankinen will be in that but they didn't have any line rushes or, or work in defensive pairings or anything. So, based off, although based off the, the decision to run it back with 11 forwards and 7 defensemen, I'm going to assume that the lineup's going to stay mostly the same. So, up top, I expect to see Matthias Janmark, Pia Suter, and Patrick Kane as the top line. I think those three have been moving the puck very well together lately. And also, Jans and Suits... They've been two of the better goal scorers for this Hawks offense as of late, so hopefully one of them can find the back of the net tonight here. Uh, Yanmark actually was really close to finding uh, to finding the back of the net for the fourth consecutive game on Wednesday versus Nashville, but his shot unfortunately just rang off the post in overtime. The Blackhawks were inches away from winning that contest. So as I said, hopefully one of them are able to find the back of the net tonight. Then... The Blackhawks' second line will likely be Dominic Kubalik, Dylan Strom, and Philip Kirishev, which I feel has been a, a pretty effective group together. I like this trio a lot. They, they've been getting a lot of good chances in the offensive zone. I also think defensively they've been pretty responsible. And one thing I've noticed lately is that Colleton's been giving them some more five-on-five time. Philip Kirishev's starting to see some, some more minutes. I'd still like to see him play more down the stretch in the third period and maybe give him a look in overtime. That's probably a role he's going to have in the future, so why not give him a look now? It doesn't matter. The Blackhawks aren't going to win many games this year. I'm sorry. I hate to break it to you guys, but we might as well let the young guys get their opportunities. So while I am happy to see that trio getting some more time together, I still think there's a lot more room for also for Philip Kirchhoff and also Dominic Kubalik to be bumped up a couple more minutes. Then, the third line's kind of interesting because with Highmore being scratched, that leaves Soderberg and Shaw to be kind of jumbled around. They'll probably be double-shifted with Patrick Kane as the third line. Uh, and Soderberg, he's stood out to me defensively. I really like what I've seen from him so far on the defensive side of things. I think he's been a good shot blocker. He's been good on the PK. And mostly, he's just been, at the, been in the right places at the right time. So I'm happy with what I've seen from him uh, through his first couple of games with the Hawks. and. Hopefully he can uh, start 
finding that offensive side of his game. He's got 35 points in six of his seven full NHL seasons. So, And the Blackhawks, with a lot of their key offensive players out of the lineup right now, they could certainly use a guy like Carl Soderberg stepping up in that department. And that leaves Brandon Hagel, David Kampf, and Ryan Carpenter as the fourth line, which that was the only line to score a goal for the Blackhawks on Wednesday, and that's usually not a good thing when <laughs> your fourth line's the only line to score, probably not winning a whole lot of games that way. But they have been really solid together, regardless of how the other three lines have been doing. That fourth line has been pretty consistent all year in terms of moving the puck well, being responsible on the, the defensive side of things, forechecking well, and the addition of Hagel, I, I feel it's almost given them a little bit more of a boost. So definitely excited to see how they fare in this two-game series back at the United Center. Hopefully they can find the, find the back of the net and score a goal for the second consecutive matchup. Then on defense, it'll be interesting with seven defensemen. It's always hard to figure out how the pairings are going to work. But I expect to see Keith kind of ski with everyone, probably... Carlson and Bodan mostly, though. I think they like giving those young guys a look with, off, uh, with you know, a responsible veteran like Duncan Keith. So I, I figure that's probably the most likely situation. That's what we saw out of Bodan and Carlson on Wednesday. And then Calvin DeHaan and Ian Mitchell, they've, been, uh, they've continued to be paired together. But we've also seen Mitchell now have back-to-back games where he played right around 10 minutes. And he actually played three seconds less than Nicholas Bodan did on Wednesday. So when Mitchell hasn't been out there, DeHaan's been kind of bouncing around. He's seen some time with Connor Murphy. It's all kind of crazy right now with 7D in the lineup. But I expect the starting defensive pairings to at least say that DeHaan's there with Mitchell, while Nikita Zadorov will likely be with Connor Murphy. And let me tell you, Big Z did not play very well down in Nashville. Two pretty rough games there. And with three youngsters like... Bodan, Carlson, and Mitchell in the lineup. The Blackhawks really cannot afford Zadorov to be playing that poorly. So I would really like to see him have a, a strong bounce-back game here tonight at home against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Last but not least, my three keys to victory tonight for the Blackhawks. First, my first key to victory, score the first goal. I know I say it a lot, but the Hawks have only done it three times out of eight games so far this year, and both times they've won. They've scored the first goal. So I know it sounds cliche, but I think it's very important for the Blackhawks to establish an early lead, especially at home, to avoid playing from behind because when they're playing from behind, it just does not seem like that's a recipe for success from this team. They get desperate, and when they get desperate, they give up odd man, odd man rushes. The defense isn't very strong in its own, and that kind of just creates a, a tumbleweed, per se, uh, effect where everything just starts rolling. and. It, not in a good direction, I should say. So if the Blackhawks can score the first goal, avoid playing from behind. I think that's a, a huge key and coming away with two points tonight. My second key to victory is once you get that lead, stop playing scared. In each of the last two games, more particularly on Tuesday versus Nashville, but really it was prevalent or pre, it was evident, sorry, excuse me, in both games. I thought the Blackhawks, they just played almost terrified in the third period. They were playing. They were playing not to lose rather than trying to win. And that's a recipe that never seems to turn into, into success. So for the Blackhawks, get an early lead and keep the foot on the gas. Stop trying to not make mistakes and just go out there, play hockey, and play with a purpose. Play to win the game, not to not lose. My third and final key to victory tonight for the Hawks, secondary scoring needs to help out. Way too often this year, it's been 
the power play or Patrick Kane's line doing all the work. And it really, we really have not seen all four forward lines get going at the same time. And on Wednesday, of course, when the fourth line scores, no one else does. So not only do we need secondary scoring, do we need to see the third line get on the board? It would be nice to see Strom's line create some offense, but get all four forward lines rolling. And I think if you can get a goal out of that fourth line or the second and third line, if, if you just don't have to rely on that top power play unit and the Patrick Kane show, I think that goes a long way in helping Kevin Lincoln and, and the Blackhawks pick up their third victory here in the 2021 regular season. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Friday, January 29th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to subscribe and to follow the Locked On Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you'll get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, ask your smart device to play the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast. Get the upper hand in your fantasy league with daily fantasy hockey advice from Lockdown Fantasy Hockey. Fantasy hockey expert Scott Cullen gives you the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long, dynasty, and DFS leagues. So be sure to subscribe to Lockdown Fantasy Hockey wherever you may listen to your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account at JackBushman2, or you can check me out at my Strictly Blackhawks account at TalkinHockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. Don't forget that the next episode of Lockdown Blackhawks is Mailbag Monday. So for any questions at all regarding anything related to the show, you can always email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can hit me on one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until Monday's episode, go Hawks! Let's get a couple of big wins at the UC over the weekend. And thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.